everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we have a new time slot. We will have a new theme song, but it's still the same old me. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And with an abundance of uh, energy this morning, because I'm not on at 2. I am on at 10 a.m. You can find me here Thursday mornings, 10 a.m., right after Charlie and right before Nahum's live lunch. I hope to bring you a little entertainment. A little news and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. By the way, I was even thinking that my new theme song should be Steeler's Wheels stuck in the middle with you because I'm the sandwich, but I thought better of it because I didn't know who was going to be fighting about who was the, uh, you know, the, the two ends of the sandwich, so to speak. If you know the lyrics, you know what I mean. The new theme song, by the way, is a test balloon. Avram, can you do me a favor? Can you, um, by the way, good morning to you. I'm sorry, I didn't say good morning. What's up? How's it going? Thank God. Everything is going well. Um, you could bake bread in here, but otherwise everything is... Some people like bread. Yeah, I, you know, I know. By the way, we haven't done a shout-out to your rye bread in a long time. Can you do me a favor and just um, cue the channel for... Or raise the channel, I should say, for my uh, for my iPad? Sure. It's up. Put it on now? Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Tell me what you think of this. All right. Doesn't it have like a commuting feel? I know you're bopping your head. It's a morning show kind of right. thing. I know. I'm thinking about it. By the way, this is a shout out to everyone who um, who liked my post yesterday on Facebook. My ten ways that I know for sure that I'm a New York City commuter because that was Ants Marching by the Dave Matthews Band, which is a homage, so to speak, to commuters who all move around like little ants marching. Uh, red and ants. Red. Sorry, red ants and green ants. It's a great, great song. So that's also my shout-out to Ellie Klein, who also is a Dave Matthews fan. So we are coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. And I do mean beautiful because it has been uh, schmoiling for an October. I am joined by my handy-dandy partner, Avram. How was Chag? Uh, everything was very nice. We had one little, little bit of bad weather, which was, you know, the Shabbos before... Uh, Shabbos Chal Right. <clears throat> Other than that, it was perfect and... Uh, Food was excellent everywhere. People were good. Everyone was having a good time. I did lots of getting up early. I've started going to a like an early minion uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And so Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we did Nate's minion. Then we did early minion for Yom Tov. So, you know, it's just like you get an early start in the day and you get a couple of kiddishes in and uh, it's just good. That's you get a couple of kiddishes in and all before 9.45. Pretty much. <laughs> That's not bad. Did you um did you eat in the sukkah that day when I poured that Shabbos? Did you get to eat in the sukkah? Yeah, because it only started in the afternoon. So Shalashudas we had in the house. That's funny because we it was, I mean pouring is an understatement and it was the first day of Cholmoid, so there was plenty of room to be lenient and uh, we did not eat in the sukkah Shabbos lunch. It was teeming outside. All my company came completely drenched. It was you know sweatshirts and socks for everybody. And I spoke to my brother and we live in the five towns. I spoke to my brother about say Shabbos. And he lives in Teaneck. And I said, um, I said to him, so crazy about today. And he's like, well, what was crazy? Like a three-day yuntif or whatever? I'm like, no. I said, it, the rain. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, it poured today. We didn't get to eat in the sukkah. He said, what are you talking about? We ate lunch in the sukkah. So it was just, you know, funny. We're talking, I don't know, 35 miles, 45 miles in between the two destinations. It was like completely different um, weather forecasts. So uh, so that Shabbos, 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 I had one of my favorite foods. And uh, it Uh-oh. was actually... Is that that cheese, for a cheese thing you like? No, no, no. It was 
I had shmura matzah from Pesach. Okay, then. Now, it was a box that was in my okay. mother-in-law's apartment. You know who loves shmura God matzah? bless her. She should be well. You know who loves shmura matzah? Who? You don't know this? Joey Bodner is obsessed with shmura matzah. I don't matzah. really know him at all. Oh, my He's God. He's just a character on the show as far as That's I'm... That's true. Okay, so, go on. So, and it was 95% as if it was fresh. My mother-in-law keeps her apartment nice and cool. It was crisp. It was it was ninety-five percent fresh, and it made me think about the stories that Rabbi Kanelsky tells Nachum about how they always would get the the matzah after Pesach and save it for the next year, and they'd still be able to eat it. And I'm like, yeah, it's possible. Am I rolling eyes, making too much noise? It was really good matzah. (laughs) Stop it now. You know, I'm a big fan of shmur matzah, but it's like eating hamatash and the day after. It's a no-go. I don't understand. Um, But if you're happy, I'm happy. And as long as you're eating the shmur matzah and it's less for me to have to take care of afterwards, it is fine with me. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your morning to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks, as always, for making me part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is not enough for you, do what Adia Levin does. You can friend me on Facebook, send me an invite on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, miriam at nachamsegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I'm not being rude. At least not about this. I will make sure, please God, to get back to you afterwards. Please also follow us. On Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net is all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach is also all one word. By the way, Avram, because it's our first day in our new slot, I decided to do a couple of fun things. The first one is I got a scratch-off games. Woo! And, of course, we have to do this now, but I will multitask because uh, I know that Elon Kornblum, who's our first guest, is already on the line, and I do not want to make him wait long, though I know he is dying to know if we win. So let's do this at the same time. Okay. I also want to let people know about our national holidays, because even though we are in a new slot, that doesn't mean that we are forsaking our old ways, because those are really, really popular segments. At least I like to think that they are, and please do not change that for me. Avram, you're not going to believe this, but there are no national holidays today, according to uh, the websites that I use. I know. It's it's practically unbelievable. But here's the more unbelievable thing. We can't start one? All right, whatever. I don't have time. (laughs) It's, it's only in a one-hour show. But guess what tomorrow is? Rosh Chodesh. Blessing of the Animals Day. It's Parshas Noah, people. I know. How crazy is that? It's also World Farm. Uh, <laughs> yesterday was World Farm Animals Day. Tomorrow, as I said before, is the Blessing of the Animals Day. And it's also World Animal Day, World Smile Day, and Vodka Day. I'm not exactly sure there's a complete correlation, but you can do whatever you want with that. Uh, the other day was the Petting Zoo Day at my kid's... Uh, at um, preschool because, of course, for Parshas Noach. And I said something to my preschooler this morning. I said, how was petting the bunny? And she said, it was great. And there was also a gorilla. I'm like, no, I don't really, I don't, I don't think there was. And she said, it was a snake and there was a gorilla. And then she wanted to know why we don't have any animals in the house. And I said, that's because we have six kids and we are maxed out with time. While Avrami is scratching off, keep scratching. By the way, there's no scratching sound. Usually Shabbos is Vodka Day, where I come from. <laughs> well, that's how, they roll. that's how they roll in Baltimore. Let's take care. Uh, let's go to our favorite segment. What does the fortune cookie say? And again, thank you to Judy Hertzfeld, who um, seems to be my one and only provider of fortune cookies. Judy, it is completely, completely appreciated, and frankly, you keep us going. To- oh, brother. All right, Judy, I'm going to give you this one anyway, but I'm not I'm not such a believer. And by the way, Avrami is not smiling on the other side of the desk. No, no winner this time. Okay, you <laughs> lost. So I was going to ask you to scratch off my game. 
No, you didn't have a good I idea. Feel, now I feel you're jinxed. Okay, so today's fortune is to exercise the body, is to purify the soul. That's nice. Avrami's thinking no. I was going to get back into it after Sukkot, but I had my annual uh, post Simchas Torah cold, so I've not been able to exercise. I've used that as an excuse. Right. So you have the cold, and I have the bronchitis and the sinus infection. I'm in the middle of this antibiotic. And that actually brings us to our new segment. Because we are in a new time slot, we have a new segment. It is going to be called my daily crazy commuter update. Yep, there's a commuting moment because now we're, I literally, I get here and I, I'm just off the train. I'm just out of the subway. This is exactly what happens. And my, my shout out, by the way, to Mayor Fertig. I don't, Avram, I don't know if you know this, but years ago, when I started with Mayor on the air, he made a very, very clear rule. Miriam was not allowed to go on the air had she not gone to the gym because she had an abundance of energy. And as a result, he was afraid that we were going to scare the listeners. I don't, I don't blame him because I do feel I'm a little more hyper than usual this morning. It could be just the 10 a.m. excitement, but since I get up at 4, it's already in the middle of the day for me. But nevertheless, I am apologizing in advance if I have not exerted enough energy before getting on the air, and therefore I'm a little more excited than usual. Avram, am I a little more excited than usual? Not really. No? All right. You so, had a lot of coffee today? No, I, I drink decaf. You know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh. I forgot. Yeah, I drink Sorry. I drink decaf. That's okay. Anyway, so I posted yesterday on Facebook, and Elon, I promise I will get to you in a minute. I really, really will. I know you're, you're holding and you're being patient, and I appreciate it. Um, I, t- I posted yesterday on Facebook my 10 ways that I know that I'm official commuter here in New York City, and I brought up different things and whatever, and one of them is that I don't carry Purell. Now, I don't carry Purell simply because I feel that anything I'm going to contract on the subway is not going to kill me. Unfortunately, not everyone... What are you, what are you rolling your eyes for? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? You stay off the subways then. Anyway. No, I take them. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Well, I apologize for the cough. I should just use the cough button, but it sort of makes my uh, story a little bit more authentic. I felt a cough coming on while... I, stop wiping your hand. Do you want the Purell? What? You're like wiping your hands every time I talk about wiping your hands. Um, I was on the E this morning on my way to the studio, and I felt a cough coming on. Now, anyone who has coughed, and I imagine that is every single person on the planet, knows it is completely involuntary. You can't help coughing, sneezing, breathing. There are a lot of things I should be able to control. Coughing is not one of them. And when you have a coughing fit, there's nothing you can do. You just gotta just got to get it out. Anyway, I felt a coughing fit coming on. I was sitting next to a woman. I stood up because I didn't want her to think I was coughing all over her. So I stood up. And then instead, I stood and started coughing and got dirty looks from everyone around me. Okay, fine. I then proceeded to get off at the next stop just so I could cough on the platform so as not to contaminate the car because I thought that was courteous. And I quickly got back on. I didn't want to lose the train. I mean, I'm not that courteous. Anyway, I got back on the train. All of a sudden, I look at the woman I was sitting next to. She's like purelling her entire body. (laughs) (coughs) So in this case, the crazy commuter was me. Yesterday, the crazy commuter was the guy um, holding a briefcase, wearing dress shoes and black leather shorts and Vogue. I don't know what's going on, people. I know we're all confused because of the weather, and New Yorkers in general look like we have some kind of uh, personality disorder because we're all dressed different ways because it's October and it's 85, but there's something really wrong about that whole outfit. I- I'm not in fashion. I'm not saying that I am, but dude... 
It's not a good way to go. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network in my new time slot. And God bless him for being so patient. I'd like to introduce Elon Kornblum. He is the restaurant guy. He has been on hold for way too long. GreatKosherRestaurants.com is the website. If you haven't checked it out, I don't know why. The new magazine I hear is coming out in the next, I don't know, six to eight weeks. Am I right? You are right. Hello, Miriam L. Wallace. What's up, Elon? Elon, first of all, thank you for being part of our inaugural yes, show, I'm, season I'm two. Truly honored. I appreciate you coming on, and yeah. more than that, I appreciate you being completely patient because nah, I listen to you off the air also, so yeah. I'm just listening on the phone. That's so. nice. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. And as always, Elon is a tremendous resource for everyone here at the network. I, I call Elon personally. I email him personally when I need advice, as I did the other day. And I highly recommend the website. I highly recommend you even picking up the magazine because, frankly, it's really, really pretty. Thank you. I, I don't mean to say that to be funny. Not with just flowers, but with nice pictures. Exactly. It's just very it's – in, it's professionally done. And as a person who appreciates the feel of the page, it's a high-quality paper. Yes. No, we, we really take pride in what we do. Um, you know, publications, especially nowadays, people go online and – and the phone and everything like that, which is, we have that also, but especially on Shabbos and people like to hold things and it's a niche market, so, um, yeah, it, it's something that people are proud of and we're happy to put it together every year. And I like the, the different places that you cover. I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now of Bergie's, I guess it's Bergie's Goldberger. Yeah. In, uh, in Ontario. Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, I was there over the summer. So that's, yeah, there's some really interesting places around the world that I've been to. Um, and Bergie's is just, you know, something that's um, popped up recently, and it's, it's a nice burgers bar kind of uh, restaurant. What is the, where is the craziest place you've been for, for a good kosher meal? Or even, I shouldn't say good, let's start with just a kosher meal. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest place. I know, I wouldn't say like Paris is crazy, just, um, but it's pretty cool, you know, so that's something that, um, that was a lot of fun. Crazy, um, I've been to South Africa. Um, wow. You know, I'm going to Argentina really? on, on Sunday. That's uh, so cool. So that's actually, I'm really looking forward to that. So that's a good be steak. Cool to Buenos Aires, and, you know, I heard it's a beautiful city. I want to check out the, the restaurants there. So that should be uh, pretty awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. When did that come about? Um, it was just, it was by chance. Um, you know, I, I saw there was a deal that was going around for uh, flights to to South to Uruguay, um, I said, you know, this is a great opportunity. Let me go. So I pretty much flying to Uruguay, taking a ferry to Buenos Aires, spending four days there. Um, I have a client already that's that's there for the last few years, uh, Asian. So I want to always I wanted to always visit them. And kept saying you got to come down. So this was an opportunity just to, you know to visit the restaurants. We're always trying to find new restaurants, something interesting that people would like to look at. Um, so again, if you know, if there's something that if I can go to China, or if I can go to <laughs> any other places, I'm you know I'm willing to go. Uh, but it's got to have enough restaurants to make it worthwhile and you know that. So you know, I heard the the beef is 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 great over there. So I'm looking forward to to finding out more about the restaurants there. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I they people talk about you know El Gaucho's. And that's the Argentinian steak, right. one of the Argenti- uh, the uh, steakhouses in Israel, the Argent- Argentinian steak. So I, uh, if that's an inspiration for an entire restaurant, I can imagine what the uh, country is like. Yeah, yeah, they specialize in beef. No one's getting, you know, there's some dairy restaurants, but I'm going there for the steak. 
I'm looking forward to that. And so there's like some South American restaurants here in, in the States, but it's really more authentic, I would assume, there. And Kosher Fest is at the end of the month. It is. Let's yes. talk about that. Getting very excited for that. That's always a great time of the year for us, and that's why it's a little, a little uh, nerve-wracking going to Argentina, you know, for, right. for a week, and then getting back and getting ready for that. But yeah, Kosher Fest is actually the 25th anniversary. Mm. Um, it's a trade show, so hopefully, you know, if I don't know if your listeners, some of them are in the trade, they're welcome to come. But yeah, it's just a feast. It's two days nonstop eating, trying new products new services, you know, that, um, that is out there. It's always a fun, you know, debate of when do you turn meat because, you know, you have your daily right. stuff in the morning and <laughs> it's like 12, 1 o'clock. You're like, all right, should I go meat? Should I not? Right. You know, once you do it, you can't go back. So. You know, you sound like one of those uh, counselors on on um, their day off from camp. You want to hit every eatery that's outside of camp. This is actually the way we used to think. If you went to Woodburn, and uh, if Nahum is listening right now, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. You went to Woodburn, you got to time it. You got to do the milk in the in the morning. You got to get knishes, and then you're doing the flashics afterwards. Boom! There, there has to be a theory. But I know that after, after uh, two days for you at Kosher Fest, your voice is gone. Yeah. Oh my God! I remember last year actually we spoke right during Kosher Fest. It was yep. I think the first night right after, and yeah, I was it was shot already. <laughs> you know, it's I'm literally in the booth all day, so I have you know some of my friends and uh, you know. Scouts checking out the the food and bringing it back to me, and you got to try this. So nice. I'm in the booth all the time. I don't even get a chance to really walk around till the very end. But I'm looking forward to it. It's great to see all the restaurants, um, people from around the country. Do you know anything anything new that people are going to be able to expect this year? I mean, not just with the 25th anniversary, which is obviously a huge milestone and a testament to the fact that the kosher food industry is just that. It's an industry. It's not a fly-by-night, and it's constantly developing. And even in the last number of years, you and I have discussed just how much it has exploded. So what should people be looking for or or to see as a consumer, what would come out of this year's Kosher Fest? It's, it's tough. Right now, again, it's a lot of it's there's this new product competition that they do every year, um, which is kind of hush-hush till, you know, they reveal the results. So that's, you know, I'm not sure of really the new products yet. Again, once they reveal that, you kind of see. But I'm expecting more gluten-free products, um, you know, more of the dietary needs. That's a big thing now. Uh, that people are, you know, gravitating to, um, you know, different uh, ingredients. Pesach, obviously, that's one of the reasons why they have this is all the different Pesach products that are coming mm. out, people are getting ready, you know, for, you know, for that. So it'll probably be a lot of, um, you know, the same type of food with different, uh, you know, different twists. Um, but, you know, I guess that's kind of the, the excitement is kind of finding out that day, you know, what's new. You know, you can right. go to the website and see a little bit, but you're pretty much going to see the company names. You're not going to really see the products. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, you wake up and you're, you're excited to see you try different things and different spices. So we'll find out uh, when we get there. Yeah, Kosher Fest is a lot of fun. I remember going the first time um, as staff uh, for the Jewish Star and then subsequently going for Nahum and, as part of the network. And I was uh, I was completely taken aback the first time simply by the level of professionalism it's not and i say this with all sure. love i know to you're gonna say uh, all right so you say it because better you say it than me say it. well i don't know schlocky yeah, or... i was gonna say jewish okay yeah okay. Uh, right you know whatever <laughs> people do not take uh, not everybody takes the pride that they should right. in making an extremely professional 
product or or show or whatever it is. It can't be that good enough is good enough. It just can't. Right. That's not the way you operate. That's not the way we operate here at the network. We put we put on a very professional face, and it's nice to see when other institutions appreciate that same quality. Yeah, I think in, in that same for the industry. You know, for, for restaurants, I think just the professionalism, the Everyone's more educated now. Right. The palate is more educated for the right. consumer. Good point. Uh, their, their demand more. So it, it's kind of a byproduct of that where, you know, especially Kosher Fest, you know, people are spending. It, it, it's not a cheap um, booth, and you're basically, you know, there for two days. You really want to, you know, put your best foot forward, and, um, sh- you know, this is where you want to make your sales for the year. So you really, everyone pulls out all the stops. Um, you have some really pretty booths there that, you know, people are working. I remember every year I go and I, on Sunday, a few days before the the show, and they're building sets and they're building, wow. you know, these these um, elaborate um, booths. So uh, yeah, it's really cool. I, again, I think if you're in the industry, if you know someone in the industry, try to get tickets. Uh, you know, you can go to coachfest.com. And uh, it's really a lot of fun. Now, I want you to know, something I always look forward to um, are your email blasts. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm really, really not. But when I read, was it Erev Shabbos last week? Erev Yontif? Yeah, Erev Yontif. Erev Yontif. Yeah, it's amazing. That that solo turned Chinese. Yeah. What happened? That actually actually caught me by surprise. Because, you know, obviously I know a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And a lot of restaurant owners um, are emailing me. And Joey Alham is the owner of Prime Grill and Solo. He usually gives me a little scoop um, on on when Solo goes from meat to dairy. This is, you know, and then, you know, so I was a little surprised. I did not see this coming, at least this early. So it really goes back when Solo was, you know, an Asian meats kind of restaurant. Um, When Prime Grill was moving a block away where Solo is now, that's kind of when Solo became dairy because they didn't want to compete with each other. It was a block away. So that that we could have kind of understood why they're turning dairy. Again, they don't want to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, having an upscale, you know, dairy restaurant in Midtown, it, it's tough. Um, it's something that, you know, if you're going with a client, especially a non-Jewish client, and you want to take them out, you know, for lunch, for a business lunch, right. you're not going to really take them to a, a dairy place. You right. want to take them right. to a, a steakhouse, mm-hmm. you know, a place that um, they can get all of the kinds of, you know, of meat and, and chicken and something that people, you know, can, can get. Right, fair um, point, fair point. And, you know, that's why kind of my most favorite food that was here on 45th Street, that was um, they kind of moved up Upper West Side just because, again, there's no upscale dairy restaurant. You can, I guess Tiberius you can kind of consider as the, the nicest one in Midtown on 34th and Park. Otherwise, there's no upscale dairy. So when, they, when you turn dairy... I said, okay, you know, let's see how it goes. If anyone, anyone can do it, they can. But I guess, you know, it's it's something that might not have made sense. And they said, you know what, let's go back to, um, you know, meat. Maybe it won't be the same kind of menu um, as um, as Prime Grill. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're not going to be competing too much now. It'll be more of an authentic Chinese restaurant with a twist, you know, that they do. Wow. Um, but um, no, I look forward to it. Plus, I don't know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that people might be knowing about if they listen to, you know, listen to our, um, you know, I guess read our emails right. and our blogs. Uh, there's some, you know, uh, debate with the, the landlord. The landlord wants to actually kick them out out of solo. They say that, 
there's a lot of dirty uh, papers and, and garbage left in, in a Sony building. Aye, aye, aye. So it's, it's a big, yeah, it's a big problem. Aye, I don't aye, know. Aye. But it's, you know, it'll be taken care of. They're fighting it. And, uh, but it'll, it makes it, I guess, more interesting for the consumer. Well, I don't know if they need that kind of interest. but Yeah, but you know what surprised me, and you mentioned it a minute ago, is just how quickly it turned. How long were they milchicks? I had four or five months. Wow. Talk about commitment issues. Yeah, and it was, this, is, was after, this was over the summer, which, you know, sometimes people are away. Um, then you have the Chags, so that was tough. I guess, but they probably made this decision. You don't make this decision overnight. No, I this imagine. This must have been, you know, something that they were thinking about for a while. They do have still that pizza to Solo, which is next door to where Solo is right now. And mm-hmm. that's uh, a dairy. That's, again, that's kind of the, one of the things why they're having that court battle is that have you know that open restaurant where people can take their pizza and sit you know in the you know in, in basically the Sony building and open public um, tables. Right. But so they still have that pizza store. You know, it's an upscale kind of Neapolitan kind of pizza. So if you still want dairy in that area, you still can get pizza to Solo. Um, over there. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Walk. In our new 10 a.m. time slot, I am joined by Elon Kornblum. He is of the Great Kosher Restaurants magazine, greatkosherrestaurants.com. You know, Elon, I know that you've listened before, so I'm going to give you an update. I'm giving you right now, I'm giving everyone an update right now on something we have talked about before, which is completely irrelevant to our segment, but something I know you'll appreciate. We have a new bird stuck in the window. Yes. Uh, for those people who have commented before when I mention it, we have a brand new bird flying around within the insulation, the uh, two panes of our soundproof studio here on the Lower East Side. It is completely distracting, but not so distracting that I am uh, not hanging on every word because I am a huge Milchik's fan, as you know. As everyone knows, I do not eat meat. So a good pizza, a good pizza place in Midtown to be able to take someone for a casual kind of business experience can i put it that way yeah yeah then going to the sony atrium and 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 eating there is is still an option though i'm definitely thinking about taking my mom for her birthday to the chinese place why is there a need and i'm not saying this to be funny and i agree with you they make calculated moves this is a huge endeavor but is there a need for for upscale chinese when i can get general Tso's for 9.95 well that's actually interesting i don't think you know that's one i thought was interesting in terms of them opening up a Chinese restaurant, there really is no upscale Chinese restaurant. I don't, you know, besides you have Inuak, I wouldn't call it upscale, it's more fast food, and you have um, Ghanasia, there isn't really a Chinese restaurant in Manhattan, which is crazy. So the fact is that they are filling a need. So whether, you know, Solo will be upscale no matter what, but the fact that they're Chinese, I think it's pretty cool. I think that it's something that probably was needed. Um, if you want, some people like you know Chinese and mm-hmm. I love that. Chinese. Are you kidding me? I love Chi- I love so the Chinese people, and I love Chinese food. Right. So I thought that was pretty cool that they were finally you know filling a void. That, that right. That's you know, true. You That's have true. you have some Asian restaurants and you know uh, Japanese, but really authentic Chinese. You know, for upscale. This is now the only one. By so, the way, did you? I didn't mean to interrupt, but did you? Um, when you mentioned my most favorite food before, it triggered uh, a, a most recent memory for me. I was there just uh, during Cholamoid, and there was a sukkah option for those people who wanted to sit in the sukkah, and right. they there was a sukkah. Now I couldn't imagine when we had called beforehand where there would be a sukkah on 72nd Street until I got there. 
because, and you can tell me if this was just an anomaly or other restaurants were doing this, there was a trailer, a modified trailer, yes. parked on 72nd Street. They did, right, I remember last year, yes, they did have that. Holy cow, I, I walked by, the, and people are, the modified, the modified 18-wheeler yes. trailer was a sukkah, yes. and they said they weren't taking reservations for it, it was first come, first serve, which I appreciate, but for the love of God, people were eating in a box. And yeah. obviously the back is open, but I walked by there and, A, thank the fact that I was a woman. I didn't have to eat in the sukkah and I was having a salad. Anyway, not the point. But I looked at all these people and said, oh, my God, there is a mobile sukkah set up. I know, they're probably looking at it like, these Jews are crazy, you yeah. know? What are they eating yeah. in a box? Yeah, it, I, it's, it's funny because somebody, a non-Jewish person I was speaking to, asked me over Cholimoed what this holiday is about. And I'm like, you know, really, I... <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily want to do this. And she's like, no, 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 no. You know, I know a lot about the Jewish community. I said, okay, no problem. We build a hut. We eat outside in it for eight days. We walk around with palm branches and lemon, and we circle around. Right. And she looked at me. She's like, okay. I'm like, right. But keep in mind that for eight days out of the year, we think that if we're going to eat flour, we're going to be killed on the spot. Right. So, you know, we're not. Uh, <laughs> we have our traditions, and we believe in them. But on the outside, it's got to look funny. Yeah, but it's, it's. But again, that's an experience also. Absolutely. So you can kind of you know, use it as a positive and say, you know, it's almost outdoor dining and, and something that, you know, you can't really do uh, besides on this time period. So, so were I there other funny... They did do that also, yeah. Were there other funny sukkahs this year set up in different places? Um, did you so, see anything? Because I know you... I mean, I saw the picture of you in the Lamborghini. We can talk about that oh, in another yeah, time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. But tell me, were there any other funny sukkah stories? People like to post things on online about different funny places that they see Sukkot. I remember two years ago when we had the opportunity to be in Israel for Sukkah, we were at a gas station in Israel, and there was, you know, there, they, the restaurant part, and I use that term very loosely, the, the kitchen counter, so to speak, of this um, rest stop had a tuuda, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the Negev, there's a Sukkah in, with this rest stop, and that just made me smile. I mean, that's, that's Sukkot in Israel. But were there funny, were other funny pictures you saw or stories um, you heard? You know, again, they, uh, were they funny? There was, you know, there was Prime at the Bentley um, that had a sukkah on the on the street. Uh, they were calling it sukkah of the sukkah of peace because uh, <laughs> it was near the UN. And uh, again, uh -huh. that's kind of the Joey Allaham family of restaurants. And um, I, you know, they had a beautiful place there, and it was dignitaries were invited to come. In fact, Madonna. Actually, did go to the prime of the Bentley at the sukkah, but they, they're on the rooftop also. So she was there the first night of sukkahs, eating in the sukkah, the prime of the Bentley. Wow! Um, with her kids, so that was pretty cool. That's cool. That's up there. You know, uh, but otherwise, you know, again, you have some pop-ups that people you know put up, but you know, you, you, the restaurants want to make it friendly and comfortable and inviting, so. You know, they really do want, they also, I've seen some beautiful sukkahs that, you know, that were being done, Talia's and uh, Orkadea and Barra Park and Nobo and, and Teaneck. So I think a lot of the restaurants were trying to really make something inviting where people would want to come and eat outside. I, by the way, I need to thank you again because I had gone to your website and greatkosherrestaurants.com and that's, or actually I checked your email that you had sent out because you sent out an email letting people know which restaurants had had sukkahs available, and that's how we knew where to go. Huh? So I need to thank you for that as oh, well. My pleasure. So there Let was the restaurants know. Yeah, exactly. It was very, very much worth 
um, you being able to post that and them sharing that information and them making the effort because I imagine it's not simple. Yeah, we for in terms of putting up the restaurants or them, sending them, information. Both. Right. Well, again, I, I send out an email to all the owners, uh, finding out who has sukkahs, and you know I work with them on a daily basis, getting information about you know what their specials are and their promotions. So it's it's an ongoing thing. But yeah, they they really are. Um, trying to elevate even the sukkah experience for the consumer. You also told me, by the way, um, that the new restaurant on 30, what is it, 38, 39th and Lex, La Bruchette? Yes. Tell me about it. La Bruchetta or La Bruchette? La, La Bruchette. Okay. So that, that took over La Carne, people know from a few years ago. It was may, a French... it, may it rest in peace. Yes, may it rest <laughs> in peace. Um, and it was a beautiful restaurant. It was a French restaurant. Uh, he had some issues with uh, rent and landlord and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of closed down, and for for it was about a year it was vacant. And then the owners of Tom Tov, which people might know in Midtown, it's a Bukharian restaurant on 47th Street on, in a in Diamond uh, District. It's on like the third floor. So the owners of that restaurant have now opened up this new French restaurant called La Brochette, um, they fixed it up even nicer. It was already nice, but they really made it nicer where it's three floors, um, skylight, um, really wow. beautiful place. They have um, live violinist who, you really? know, that comes and, and kind of plays near your table, so that's very romantic. Um, and they have sushi because everybody has to have sushi. <laughs> the French restaurant, but... You know, sushi is, is international. What is that about? Seriously, what is that about? Why do pizza stores have sushi? Right. What is going on? Okay, so the honest answer is it's it's a great markup. It's you know it's something that you you buy, you know for you know, it's again you get quality. It's still gonna you know it's still gonna be costly, but you sell. Listen, you sell a roll for fifteen dollars, and how much fish is on it? You know, it's it's a great profit. That's you know between me and you. Mm, um, right. So that's right. really one of the reasons why they do it. Plus, it's it's you know it's part of. So you have a meat or dairy can serve it, and you don't need to have a big place. It doesn't need to have a kitchen. You don't need the. That's a really uh, a, good a, point. I didn't think of. You know, a huge area. You can. I've seen. You know, in the corner <laughs> of a little of a little pizza store, you have sushi. Some people even do it in the back. In the kitchen, we don't even realize, and they just bring it out in front if there's really no room. Elon, that is such a good point. Oh. I honestly did not think of the fact that they don't need kitchen space. They need yeah. a rice cooker and a desk. That's it. That's very, yeah, I've seen very them, true. Well, yeah, I've seen them pack it in. I've seen four chefs in this little, if you go to Sushi Tokyo uh, on Avenue J and Coney. Correct. You know, Correct. They got four, it's amazing how they're doing it, and they're, they're you know, getting it out there. They're putting it out. So, um, But it's all, listen, sushi is... Is unique. When it first came about, you know, it, it's been around for obviously thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You just, the Jewish people just found out about it 10 years ago. Um, but I think, you know, that's kind of what we talked about while the, the kosher industry has evolved. It still is, I would say, about five years back, still from the non-kosher industry. You know, and, and kind of when sushi became very popular um, in the non-kosher industry, I think the kosher uh, own, restaurant owners kind of took light of that and said, wow, this is something that we can do. It's fish. Right. You know, it's fish. salmon, tuna. This is something that we can use. So it was proven that they can do it. So they said, let's do this. So it's only started about seven, eight years ago, and obviously it's ballooned. You know, if you go to a wedding, 
what's the most popular station there? The sushi. You right, know, it's, right. You got Good 20, point. 30 people, and it's, people still love it. And it's, it's great. It different textures, different flavors. It's a combination of so many different things. It's bite-sized. It's fun. You know, it's, it's exotic. You know, we, we might have just come to the table a little bit late, but frankly, we are making up for uh, lost oh, yeah. time with the amount of sushi yeah, that we people, eat. People still get a little weirded out by raw fish. And, um, you think so? I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I speak to the owners, and I, I'm with them and speaking, and we're at the table, and I hear people saying, oh, just cooked fish or vegetarian. So it's still, we're still not there yet. People are still worried, um, but it's nothing to be worried about. These grade-A sushi um, top of the line, but, you know, people still um, are a little worried. But There's a you know. sushi roll, by the way, available down here on the Lower East Side that involves Parv Kishka, and I kid you not. I have, yeah, I have not tasted it. I will be honest. I have not tasted it. What the, I have not tasted it, but um, I, 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 there's something about it that screams Jew. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. They, they, oh, they've made it very Jewish. Uh, I, I've seen, well, I can't, but I've seen some sushi rolls that, are like meat sushi um, or that are um, really different, you know. And, and But, again, it's, it's something that people can play around with. It's experience, and it's it's fun. Uh, we are on with Elon Kornblum from Great Kosher Restaurants Magazine and greatkosherrestaurants.com. He is part of our inaugural show for Season 2 here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Let me ask you, Elon, what do people have to look forward to in the next in the next issue that's coming out? And let us know when it's coming out. Uh, so we're working on it right now. It's, it's, we're down to crunch time next month or so. Um, so hopefully November, probably December time. It'll be the 2014 issue. So we're l- really looking to make it December, end of December, the latest. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of new restaurants just in the last couple of months. And speaking of pizza stores, there's a, a new pizza store people don't, probably don't know about that hasn't opened yet uh, called Pizza Al Volo. Um, Where? Yeah, this is on uh, Madison and 38th, speaking about you know 38th and all that. Um, it's actually an, a restaurant that it was from a non-kosher chain called Luzo's. And they, it's, it was a non-kosher restaurant. It, it still is. They have a chain. And the owner said that whenever he wanted to, he, they have like, uh, I think partners in another business, and he says whenever he wants to take his partner to a pizza store, he can't bring him to his own pizza store, so they made, you know, p- kosher pizza, and they said this is great, and they're opening up a now a, uh, a pizza restaurant on Madison 38th, um, and it's probably going to really take everything one by storm. The pizza, it's amazing, the Midtown, speaking of which, Mm-hmm. You're not going to have any upscale dairy places, but you've got plenty of pizza stores. Um, you know, you have Bravo Pizza. And, right, which and is delicious. Yeah, you know, and you have Jerusalem Cafe that moved over from Broadway, and you have Circa, and you have Milk and Honey. Right. Um, in fact, I just got an email from an owner who's opening up a pizza store in, in a month um, that we're going to be sending out in, uh, on Facebook and an email blast as well. So that's literally just yesterday we got an email from a guy saying, I'm opening up a restaurant a pizza restaurant in a month. Um, I want to tell you about it, so look out for that. So really, something cool. But in general, we'll have you know 50 new restaurants um, in the magazine. We'll have hopefully some Argentinian restaurants now. Very cool. Um, Very cool. So yeah, it will be a lot of fun. And of course, everything's on the website and yep. uh, in our emails and you know with our deals. 
that we do. So you'll be able to get a lot of uh, great restaurant deals on our on our website. So Perfect. Very exciting. Thank you. Elon Kornblum, GreatKosherRestaurants.com. Elon, you gave us so much time this morning. I appreciate it very, very much. You're always My a pleasure. great guest, and you're a supporter of the network, and we appreciate you being part of our team. So thank you very much. Everyone, keep an eye out for the new issue. It is coming out probably in about six to eight weeks. Very good. Thanks so much. A pleasure. Bahatzlacha. You're, you're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. And actually, before we get our next uh, interview on the phone, our next caller on the phone, we're having a little difficulty. He's calling in from Israel. If I tell you what he's doing right now, you'd be stunned. We're immediately going to cut to a song to introduce him. We're going to listen to Schlock Rocks. Um, Avram, what are we listening to? What do we got here? Ah, Walking Walk in the, the land. land. You're right. Thank you, buddy. We're listening to Schlock Rocks Walking the Land here on That's Life. Listen up. <laughs> Gardner is on the phone, and if I tell you what he is doing as I am on the phone with him and he is in Israel, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. You just wouldn't believe me because presently, I mean, Jason, you're going to have to back me up on this because I promise you nobody is going to believe what I'm telling them. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, but right now you are running how many kilometers of a leg? What's that? I'm running... Say that again? I don't even know if I'm using the right term, but you are presently in a relay running how many kilometers? How long is your leg? What's the kilometer? Oh, well, we got a we got a bunch of runners here. We're uh, we're running right now, actually, just a short one of about 11 kilometers. Oh, just uh, 11 kilometers. Yeah, 11 kilometers. Uh, a short little run, a little part of a run of a, a total of 200 kilometers. We're just actually gonna slow down here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little out of breath, running up the hills of uh, Jerusalem mountains. Of course, you uh, are. We're uh, we're actually doing a a, prepar- a preparation run of uh, the times between the Tanakh and uh, 1948, when the state of Israel was born. Let uh, me explain. So let me explain to everyone what you're doing. Jason Gardner is one of the team leaders for running for a goal to support Afikim, which is a family enrichment association in Israel. And people are not going to believe this, 
But besides the fact that Jason is originally from Ellenville, shout out to Ellenville, New York, and everyone who passes out in Ellenville as we go up to visit camp. But there is a – we do. We all do. We all know the stop. But um, presently, there is the Afikim Run to a Lot. And what you guys are doing, if I understand this correctly, is you are running from the north to the south in support of Afikim and in order to raise money for the organization. That's correct. So, That's correct. So how long is – and by the way, for people who are um, – novice runners like myself. I mean, I've done a couple of half marathons, but I am in no way, shape, or form volunteering for this job. You know, you guys are you guys are professionals, as I like to think of it. Tell me what kind of training goes into this, and tell me how long the entire the entire spread from the north to the south is. All right, well, you actually caught me at a good time, Miriam, because I just uh, crossed the finish line of my little 11-kilometer leg run here. Baruch Hashem. Uh, so uh, I'm actually here with another one of my the organizers. His name is Josh Kreiser. He's actually from Australia. Uh, and uh, we'll just tell you a little bit about the run we're going to be doing in December. And uh, December 18th, we thought of this crazy idea after doing this long relay race from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv about a year ago. Uh, and we said, you know what, let's do something crazy. Let's do uh, Jerusalem to a lot, uh, of which there's a short way to go, which is, uh, if many of you out there know, it's through the Dead Sea. Uh, we wanted to take the longer and the harder route, of which is through the crater, through Mitzberimon Crater. Dude, uh, some people throws... just drive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's actually the smarter thing to do. My, that's my <laughs> wife said, you know, just get in the car and drive. But uh, we said, you know what? We found this incredible organization called Afikim, which uh, supports and helps out youth at risk uh, throughout Israel from the north to the south. So we said, we're just going to run. Our uh, little butts off, and uh, excuse me for the thing, we're just a little bit tired at the moment. I don't blame uh, you. And, uh, and do it as a, as a fundraiser for this hockey team organization. Uh, you asked how much preparation goes into it. We're training right now approximately 50, 60 kilometers a week. Uh, most of the team, we're about 16 runners, uh, about eight pairs, uh, altogether 16 guys. Uh, running from Jerusalem to Eilat, December 18th, from Wednesday, we'll be leaving Wednesday evening from Shar Yafo, from the Jaffa Gate, uh, running through Jerusalem, through the zoo, over the mountains to Beit Shemesh, and uh, right out past Beersheba, through the crater, and uh, please God, we'll be in Eilat by Friday morning. That is, the, I'm listening to you, and you're saying all of this as if it makes logical sense. <laughs> and yeah, the truth is, as I'm saying it, I keep saying to myself, oh, my God, what did we get ourselves into? But right, like this was a good idea on paper. Somebody should have just written a memo. But right totally. now you are in the process of training, and, and just that amount of that number of kilometers, that distance, I don't know how many miles it is, but if I'm not... Uh, it's about over 200 miles. It's over about 200 miles, but I'm saying in terms of your weekly training, if you're doing 50 to 60 kilometers, am I wrong in saying that that's probably the stretch... It's 40 miles? About 40 miles. So you are running more than a marathon every week? Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. Okay. And your wife is happy and loves you very, very much? Uh, correct. Loves me so much. Yes. She lets me go out and take care of the four kids. She's unbelievable. She must uh, be unbelievable. And, he, and well, this, is, this is how she supports Afi Kim, shall we say. Exactly. But we put in a little reward for them uh, in that... On the Thursday night, when we're running down to a lot, uh, they'll be on their way, just the wives, without the kids, which is the nice part, right. uh, on a bus down to a lot, and we'll be spending our, our Shabbos there with our wives. All right. You know what? By the way, that's not bad. 
That's not bad yeah. at all. That's a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My wife heard that part, and she said, "And we don't have to pay." I said, "No, no, no, absolutely, everything's paid for." You know, and she said, "All right, you know, just go ahead." Right, run yep. your run your little heart out. Um, the the hills of Jerusalem are hard to walk up, let alone run up. How do you feel about yeah. how do you feel about that uh, Jabotinsky Hill? I make fun of that hill all the time because <laughs> I don't when I when we are there like we were last year for the Jerusalem Marathon and um I, as again a novice runner people had said to me oh maybe you'll do the 10k maybe you'll do this I'm like if I can't run down Jabotinsky this is not my idea of a good time tell me how that hill compares to other things that you have already run yeah, up Jabotinsky is it used to be when I first started running which is uh, recent about three years ago only. Jabotinsky used to be my biggest nightmare. Now Jabotinsky is uh, it's a playground. No, uh, my God. Beautiful hill. Uh, if many out there know of Jerusalem, the, the Gilo Hill is, is part of our, our daily run, uh, which is about a two-and-a-half-kilometer steep hill, uphill uh, incline. Uh, and right now we're out in this 200-kilometer crazy relay thing, and we're just going up climbing mountains. Uh, it's hurting, but it feels good. <laughs> I and Jason, as of course, I mean, this is this is the woman in me speaking to you. How much are you eating to potentially fuel yourself every week? You know what? What you just said now is actually the number one rule in running. It's all about nutrition. All about watching yourself. Uh, you know, sneaking in a Snickers bar or a Mars bar here and there is perfectly fine, but it, it's, it's eating a daily breakfast. Uh, a light lunch and a nice dinner without picking out after eight nine o'clock at night, and uh, it just comes of your part of your daily routine. Uh, those runners out there who are listening knows that it becomes a a habit, uh, not a habit, uh, an addiction. It's a very very yes. very serious addiction, uh, but it's a healthy one. It's a great one, and uh, we're having a great time. Yeah, no, I I completely hear that because there's there's an expression obviously, and I mean this as an expression of a runner's high. And there is nothing, whether it, whether I'm running, you know, 13 miles or three miles, that feeling afterwards is something that lasts me hours and really takes me through the day. But I would imagine that a Friday night for you is one where you sleep about 12 hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, you, you made Aliyah when you were 18. You're living in Jerusalem. You're a hotel events coordinator at the King David, which is not too shabby, my friend. You start, yeah, you started running three years ago, and you um, akin yourself to Forrest Gump that you just keep running and running and running. When you were, what, uh, you, my motto. exactly. When you served in the army, which I imagine you did, if you made Aliyah at 18, and you yeah. went through your basic training, did you in a million years imagine that you would be at this point in your 30s running 40 miles a week? One million percent, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll tell you, even recently, unfortunately, in the the uh, uh, being in Aza and being in the Lebanon war and everything, and while you're running through the fields there uh, and swearing that you'll never run again, uh, <laughs> trust me, it, it comes as a surprise even to myself. Uh, but as long as we're running now, not getting shot at and enjoying the way down, it's just, that was great. Yeah, those are, that's thumbs up. Do you find that other of the the other runners with you also have similar backgrounds in terms of? You know, running is something you took up recently, or that these are these are. They're they're mostly correct. They're mostly uh, newish runners over the last, uh, I would say, uh, three four years maximum, uh, except for one grandfather uh, who is about uh, he's about sixty five years old who's running with us. Who's been running for over thirty years. He is uh, sixty five years old, and he's running with you. Yeah, 
He will be running with us a lot. He's actually here running part of the relay in the Judea Mountains at the moment. I am such uh, a slacker. I'm embarrassed. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's pretty uh, hardcore. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he himself is French, but what's beautiful about the, the, the team of the 16 running to a lot is that we're from absolutely all over. It's Kibbutz Goliath, you know, <laughs> from the four corners of the, of the, of the earth. Right. We've got Australian, South Africans, Israelis, French. America, there's only actually a couple of us Americans, but uh, it's just unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Really, it's, a, it's really a fascinating story, and it obviously takes a tremendous amount of training and dedication on the, mem- on the part of each team member. You are looking to raise $5,000 per runner, am I right? Correct. How so do people give? Uh, there's two different ways. Uh, one way is we've just taken as, uh, as an aid, as, as helping us out, uh, root funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so if somebody just goes into rootfunding.com uh, and looks for the organization, uh, which is again called Afikim, uh, A-F-I-K-I-M, uh, they'll find uh, the run. They'll find the whole story and they can go into the site. Uh, they'll see the list of runners and they can just choose any one of the runners and put it in their campaign. Um, how, are you you know, d- how are you doing to date on the uh, fundraising? Uh, I'll tell you the truth, uh, not too wonderful, and that's, I think, because everybody had to go through the the, the New Year, Rosh Hashanah, right, and everything. Yeah. So everybody was just, you know, slagging at the part of, of raising the money, but everybody's now into full gear. Uh, we're right now, we're approaching, I think, around the six $7,000 total mark, so we really need help out there. Uh, again, it's for an incredible cause, so it's just... Whoever can help, it's just from high, from 18 bucks to 100 to whatever anybody can give. It's just a lot of organizations yeah. will tell you that it is the small donations. As long as they come in, those small exactly. donations really exactly. add up. You're not looking if somebody wants to give five grand kol hakavod, but exactly. if if we have 15 people who are looking to give 15 bucks, we have 15 people who are looking to give 36. That, exactly. that will, everything helps. As my, as my. That, that not only works, but I appreciate that just as much as the 5,000 bucks. There you go. Yeah. As we would say, um, at Hanukkah, as little kids, when we got our guilt, all donations are gratefully accepted. And by the <laughs> way, I want you to know that I thought it was very, very sweet that you joked about the fact that you're not always home to do homework with your kids. Um, right. <laughs> right. Um, but one of the things that Afikim does, if I understand the organization correctly, because again, I'm new here, to the picture, mm-hmm. we, we only have a couple of minutes left, but what they okay. do is provide after-school programming for students so that parents can have vocational training and get back on track. That's a million percent right. Uh, the most beautiful thing about it, which really bought me uh, when I fell in love with Moshe Lefkowitz, who is the head of the organization, uh, is that they not only work with the kids, but they demand that once a week the parents themselves come and sit with a social worker or sit with professional help. Uh, to, to just improve the family, uh, and that that just completely bought me. There's a lot of organizations out there helping kids, youth at risk, but having the parents involved on on a weekly basis is just is just incredible. Well, I encourage everyone, all of our listeners, if you can give what you can, go to rootfunding.com and make sure you put in Afikim A F I K I M. Support any of the runners. Support Jason. Do whatever you got to do, but this is obviously an organization and an endeavor that is worth supporting. Kola Kavot to you, Jason. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to speaking so to much. you. Please, God, from a lot. 
I want to uh, hear. Yeah, we'll be we'll be happy to talk to you on the way. Along the way, we'll stop and have a we have a good chat. It would be give us some adrenaline. It'll be it'll be wonderful. It would be my absolute <laughs> pleasure. Have a good Shabbos. Take care. Thank you so much. Have a great Shabbos and a good year. Shana you tova. too, Shana Tova. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network in our new time slot, folks. The bird is still within the windows. Everything is a okay. We have a lineup today that is so incredible. I am I'm. I'm brimming with excitement. I, I, I just, uh, Kol HaKavod to every single one of us who uh, was part of this team, to Nahum, to Avrami, to all of our engineers, to Mark. I would mention everyone, but Avrami is motioning to me that I'm almost out of time. Right after this, I know, right after this, Nahum hosts the live lunch in its new time slot from 11 to 1, followed by the premiere of Sounds Advice with world-renowned author and psychologist Dr. David J. Lieberman. That's at 1 p.m. here on the stream, the doctor will be in and taking your calls, 212-529-4620. Consider it free therapy. It's like Frasier without the dripping sarcasm. You should tune in and hear more. Followed by Mark's Choice for Album of the Week. It's a musical break in the middle of our day. And then Mark hosts the stunt show at 3 p.m. also during our new time slot for them. And then, guess what? Guess who is subbing in for Michael on spin class tonight at 6 p.m.? It's Nahum Siegel himself, as Michael will be uh, calling in at the top of the hour, giving a campaign check-in, so to speak. But until the campaign is over, that is the mayoral campaign here in New York City, Nahum will please God be subbing in with him, for him. Join Nahum Siegel tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 a.m. as he hosts JM and the AM live here on the stream. Do not miss the weekly update with Malcolm. And, of course, Naomi, table for two on tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., as well, you can check out the whole new Season 2 programming on our website, NahumSiegel.com. Click on the network schedule. My thanks to Avrami for joining me here today and for the balancing act of a lifetime. Avram, the only thing I didn't make you do was actually make you juggle. But I think that also may be a new segment here on That's Life. I hope you enjoyed everything. And if you uh, have anything you want to share with me about our new segment, and about the idea of switching our theme song, which I'm always afraid to do because I don't want to upset any... Oh, don't make a face. All right, Avrami already voted. Oh, by the way, you should vote for the 9 and 9. Go to our tab. That's Yossi's new show starting next Tuesday night. I leave you today with the rest of Schlock Rock song, Walking the Land. Kola Kavod to all those guys who are actually running the land. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Make a left on Rashi. Express